to the History of Christianity podcast with Stephen Bedard. Please visit me at historyofchristianitypodcast.com. In the previous episode, we looked at Origen and Tertullian, who are two of the most recognized names among the early church fathers. While these authors, who are well-known and who have significant surviving texts are important, there are writers and writings that are much less known. In this episode, I'm going to briefly touch on a number of these lesser-known figures, plus a couple of other important ones. Apollonius of Ephesus was active around 180 to 210 AD. We do not have any of his surviving texts, but he's cited by the 4th century historian Eusebius. He was known especially for refuting Montanism, and Tertullian thought his anti-Montanist texts were worth responding to. Apollonius shared a tradition known from others that Jesus told the apostles not to travel far from Jerusalem for the first 12 years after the ascension. He also shared a tradition of John the Apostle raising someone from the dead in Ephesus. Another obscure leader that we know primarily from Eusebius is Serapion of Antioch, who was active 191 to 211, and thus was a contemporary of Apollonius. Serapion was a respected theologian and, like Apollonius, opposed and wrote against Montanism. Serapion also wrote against and warned about the Gospel of Peter. That's a non-canonical gospel that we have not really talked about. A Gospel of Peter was referred to in Second Clement and by Origen, in addition to Serapion. A Gospel of Peter was discovered in 1886, thus giving us for the first time some of the texts that may be the one mentioned in those ancient writings. It is thought to have been written in the 2nd century. One of the unique things about the Gospel of Peter is that it describes the actual resurrection instead of just referring to it, and it describes it with unique witness. Here's just a portion. When, therefore, those soldiers saw it, they awakened the centurion and the elders, for they too were close by keeping guard. And as they declared what things they had seen, again they saw three men come forth from the tomb, and two of them supporting one, and a cross following them. And the heads of the two reached to heaven, but the head of him who was led by them overpassed the heavens. And they heard a voice from the heaven saying, You have preached to them that sleep. And a response was heard from the cross. Yes. There are many questions about what it means for the cross to actually be speaking here, but for our purposes, we just need to know that Serapion had some concerns about this writing. Here's a portion of a letter by Serapion that's preserved for us by Eusebius. When I visited you, I suppose that all of you held the true faith, as I had not read the gospel, which they put forward under the name of Peter. I said, if this is the only thing which occasions dispute among you, let it be read. But now having learned from what has been told me and that their mind was involved in some heresy, I will hasten to come to you again. Therefore, brethren, expect me shortly. Ammonius of Alexandria was also active around 200 to 230, so the same general time that we've been looking at. Ammonius is believed to have been a teacher of origin who we looked at in our last episode. We're told that he edited one of the first Harmony of the Gospels, 
putting each gospel in parallel columns. This is the same basic principle, although for a different set of texts that his student Origen did with the Hexpla. This episode will continue after this break. I was recently introduced to Athletic Greens. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And it contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. One of the most important theologians of the first half of the third century was Hippolytus of Rome. We say of Rome, even though we don't fully know he was from Rome. He lived about 170 to 235 AD. Origen, as a young man, heard Hippolytus preach. Hippolytus wrote very many books on a wide range of biblical and theological topics. Unfortunately, we don't have near as much of that as we would like. Some texts were thought to have been written by him, but are now doubted by scholars. Hippolytus did get into conflict with the popes and seems to have been elected as a rival bishop of Rome. However, he seems to have reconciled to Rome before his death. We'll look at this again when we look at the popes of the 3rd century. One of the most important figures of this era was Cyprian of Carthage, who lived around 210 to 258. He was born with the name of Thascius, but changed it in honor of a priest influential in his conversion. Speaking of his conversion, he was an adult convert, being baptized at 35 years of age. Not long after, he was ordained as a deacon, and then a priest, and then a bishop. His intellect and his character impressed many, and so he was a popular choice to be the bishop of Carthage. Things got difficult during the reign of the Roman Emperor Decius, which we'll get to in a later episode. The point is that there was a persecution, and some Christians lapsed in their faith under the pressure. Some wanted to come back, and some priests allowed them to return with very little in terms of public repentance. It should be noted that Cyprian went into hiding rather than being executed during this persecution, something that caused some controversy. On his return, Cyprian helped navigate a way of dealing with the lapsed. He went for a middle path between those who wanted to totally reject the lapsed and those who fully welcomed them with no penance. Another persecution broke out during the reign of 
Valerian, and this time Cyprian was arrested. We have the following account of his public examination by Galerius Maximus. Galerius Maximus. Are you Thascius Cyprianus? Cyprian. I am. Galerius. The most sacred emperors have commanded you to conform to the Roman rites. Cyprian. I refuse. Galerius. Take heed for yourself. Cyprian. Do as you are bid. In so clear a case, I may not take heed. Galerius, after briefly conferring with his judicial counsel, with much reluctance pronounced the following sentence. You have long lived an irreligious life and have drawn together a number of men bound by an unlawful association and professed yourself an open enemy to the gods and the religion of Rome and the pious, most sacred and august emperors have endeavored in vain to bring you back to conformity with their religious observances, whereas therefore you have been apprehended as principal and ringleader in these infamous crimes, you shall be made an example to those whom you have wickedly associated with you. The authority of law shall be ratified in your blood. He then read the sentence of the court from a written tablet. It is the sentence of this court that Thascius Cyprianus, be executed with the sword. Cyprian, thanks be to God. One of the writings that began to circulate at this time was a book called the Acts of Thomas. There were a number of non-canonical books attached to Thomas, including the Gospel of Thomas, the Infancy Gospel of Thomas, and the Acts of Thomas. None of them go back to the historical Thomas. The Acts of Thomas revolves around Thomas's ministry in India. While this book does not come across as historical, there is an early tradition of Christianity in India connected with Thomas. We see the exalted levels of chastity in this book as Jesus warns a newly married couple to not have sex, even for reproduction. The identity of Thomas is interesting. He's called Thomas Judas Didymus. Both Thomas and Didymus mean twin. But whose twin? This book holds him to be the identical twin of Jesus, to the point when people see Thomas Judas, they're thinking that they're seeing the risen Jesus. There are all sorts of theological ramifications for this, but it might reflect some docetism in that Jesus is the spiritual twin and Thomas Judas is the one with the human body. Another writing, one that has been better received by the church than the Acts of Thomas, is the Didascula Apostolorum, sometimes just called the Didascula. This was probably written around 230. The text presents itself as if it was written by the 12 apostles, but it most definitely was not. It has some similarities to the Didache that we looked at back in episode 34. The word Didascula means teaching. It's a collection of practical teachings. Here's a short sample. By concerning the bishopric, hear ye, the pastor who is appointed bishop and head among the presbytery in the church in every congregation, it is required of him that he be blameless, in nothing reproachable, one remote from all evil, a man not less than fifty years of age, who is now removed from the manners of youth, and from the lusts of the enemy, and from the slander and blasphemy of false brethren, which they bring against many, because they understand not that the word which is said in the gospel 
Every one that shall say an idle word shall give an answer concerning it to the Lord in the day of judgment. For from thy words thou shalt be justified, and from thy words thou shalt be condemned. But if it is possible, let him be instructed and apt to teach. But if he knows not letters, let him be versed and skilled in the word, and let him be advanced in years. And that brings us to the end of this glimpse of what was happening in the first half of the third century. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please visit me at historyofchristianitypodcast.com and track me down on Facebook and Twitter. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash hopesreason. Even $1 a month, less than a cup of coffee, can make a difference. Thanks for your ongoing support. God bless. The Second World War Podcast with Stephen Bedard. World War II changed our world dramatically. Our maps and technology were all transformed in ways that still affect us. This podcast starts with the origins and moves on to the worldwide conflict between the Axis and the Allies. Learn the background and understand how Europe, Africa, and Asia were torn apart by the greed for more power and resources. Hear the stories of Montgomery and Churchill, Eisenhower and Patton, Goring and Rommel. We will go through the entire conflict, focusing on the big picture rather than the details. If you've ever wanted to know more about the Second World War, this is your chance. Listen to the podcast at anchor.fm slash secondworldwar or on your favorite podcatcher. And find more resources, including blog posts, at stephenjbedard.com slash secondworldwar.